Welcome to the Slap Dad Roof Show with your host, Evix24. Hello, everybody. And welcome to the to the inaugural episode of the Slap, Slap Dad Roof Show. My name is Evix24. My real name is actually Eric Vino, but you can call me call me Evix or Eric, whatever you like. The point is, is that I am doing this podcast. And the reason why I decided to start this podcast is to bring my ideas to the table and to describe life experiences, to describe moments, but also inform the people, talk about many things like sports, motorsports, and everything in between. Also sharing some of my experiences because I think sharing your experiences, the best to remember to you, will also do the best work for you, for you. So if you are new here or you're just clicking on the first episode of the podcast, welcome, welcome. Hopefully you hopefully you enjoy the show and we share a brand new journey. Start a brand new, I share a brand new journey. I start a brand new journey. Get it right. Get it right, me. If you are new here, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the first show. Make sure you do go ahead and follow the show on RS. On, on rss.com rss.com or or follow us on any of the new any of the other podcast networks that have been submitted there we are working it is the first episode so maybe the starting the second episode we might get in spotify podcast or on apple podcast i will let you know in the next episode where you will find the podcast from now on but for right now we're doing it on the free website, thanks provided by rss.com. But think. But until then, but we're just gonna give what we got and let's see how it goes. I also may be doing, and I also will be streaming streaming some of the live recording of these podcasts on my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash evix24. Feel free to go stop on by and g- Give myself a follow. We're just almost there to 100 followers as well. But not only I record these podcasts, I do a lot of gaming, Minecraft building, Minecraft building, GeoGuessr, paying race cars, reacting to some of your clips, and maybe we will be going racing pretty soon. More on that later. But please consider following my Twitch channel as well so you get to know the live recording of the podcast. And also... Make sure you join the Discord by just typing in chat, add, type in exclamation mark Discord in the chat, and you will get that, and you will get that invite to join there as well, to join the Discord. I will be having a little suggestions tab of topics that you guys want me to discuss on this podcast, and maybe some future guests. Future guests. In the meantime, though... I think that's about enough self. I think about enough promotion for the day. Let's get right into the topic and let's open up, open up a brand new journey. Of course, as you know, we already know Evic stands for my name, Eric Vino. But you probably don't know what the twenty-four stands for. Twenty at the time of the nickname, the twenty-four stands for the car number that I. The car number that I root for in NASCAR, Jeff Gordon. Yes, I am a NASCAR fan. If you haven't known me, known me for 
for quite a while, and this is the first time you listen to me, listen to me, I am a NASCAR fan. Yes, I know, it's a sports topic, but NASCAR is considered as a sport. We can go into that debate. We, we can go into that debate pretty soon, but that's another. But as Ultra Brown says, that's another show. So, but I have, but I am thankful to see Jeff Gordon win in person 10 years ago at Pocono. And it was a really good experience. But going to NASCAR races is a fantastic experience. I have the privilege of going to 38 NASCAR Cup Series races. And technically 40 because I've been to one Xfinity and one truck race during the Pocono. During the doubleheader weekend at Pocono. Which we'll talk about that. But a lot of people have been asking me. How does it feel to go to these races? What is it like going into there? Well obviously as a sporting event. Yeah you could say. Um, that general consensus, going to a sporty event event in person is better than watching on TV. It's, there's just no denying that. I've been to other sporting events as well. I've been to two NFL games. I've been to an AHL, two giant New York Giant games. I've been to two New York Mets games. I've been to an AHL game. I've been to, I think, a college basketball game. I've been to a college football game. I went to West Point Military uh, Stadium. There is a... It's always better to go there in person. There is no denying that. And NASCAR is just one of those reasons. It is so good. It's a fanfare, and a lot of people love to see it. Now, as much as you can see, I think more people nowadays are looking into YouTube and are looking into podcasts and for people to describe experiences or give tips. So I thought... In this podcast, the very first pilot episode, I will be sharing with you some of my race day experiences and giving you the step-by-step guide, my tips to give you step-by-step guide, my tips to give you the best experience possible. So when you do end up going, planning on going to a NASCAR race, you will usually you will usually get an idea of what to do and where, what to really do, so you're not really caught off guard and not really spoiled. Not really sticking out like a sore thumb. Of course, I'm also in. I'm also in the European Discord. As you know, I'm in disc. I'm in discords that are usually primarily European or outside the United States. States, of course. Um, at the time, I'm following. I'm in Lando Norris's Discord. Lando Norris's Discord, of course. Yes, that Formula One driver named Lando Norris. We'll talk about him later in another show. And of course, his made Max Futrell's Discord, and of course, more of the European Discords. And they've been and they've been asking for me to start a podcast. They're asking me to talk about my experiences. So this is their wish, and here we are. So thanks to them, also. But they also ask thanks to them for lending, thanks to them for giving me that idea. But they also asked me about the race day experiences. They've seen the pictures, but they really don't. But the thing, though, is that you see the pictures, you see the videos, but nothing goes behind the scenes. What really happens before when you go to a race? What happens during the drive? That's what I'm going to tell you, including my race day experiences. So that's what this podcast is going to show you. I'm going to give you the inside scoop to make sure that when you do go to a race, you know what to do. So... We're going to separate this podcast. We will talk about tickets and add-ons. We'll be talking about what you need to do to prepare for the when you go to the race because there's a lot of preparation. Then your race day experience when you get to the track. And then last but not least, when you do after the race. 
we will talk about that in between we will talk about those things in chronological order so you guys get an idea so let's start off with the most thing for the first things first the tickets the tickets of course of course you get online i think everyone knows that there's a thing called the internet you should know that you used to be able to order the tickets on the phone now but thanks to technology you can order your tickets on the internet now back in the day you used to be able you used to be able to purchase your tickets select what section you're in but they get to choose what row you sit in and what specific seats you sit in nowadays and that goes with most sporting events that you get to choose exactly where you get to sit at a facility so that's an that's another personal thing too you person a good personal thing too you get to or the uh you get to customize your seats yes they do sell tickets at the track however though you sh i would recommend 99 percent of the time just order the tickets online just in case if there's a sellout if there's a sellout you don't want to drive all the way up here and then find out that it was a sellout crowd and you missed your chance should have ordered it online or the tickets online that's the first thing of course the price of the tick uh, price of the ticket goes depends on two things where you're sitting and what race you are going to if you're going to an Xfinity or truck race unless it's Pocono it's roughly cheaper than going to a NASCAR Cup Series race and it also depends on what track you're going to because it even though you're going to cup race if you're going to like a small market saying maybe Dover I think it's better you're probably going to pay cheaper than saying going to Talladega or Daytona and of course um obviously a crown jewel race is usually more expensive than a more expensive than a good old-fashioned ticket southern 500 and labor day weekend is usually pricey at darlington speedway so is the coco 600 charlotte but not as pricey as probably the most expensive ticket that you can that you can get on your hands and probably one of the toughest tickets in in sports the daytona 500 obviously the daytona 500 is the most expensive ticket that you can get your hands on i think they're pricey a lot pricey trust me it is on everyone's bucket list but let's just say for just for shows the tickets cost a hundred dollars average around a hundred dollars per person or regular person they always have the discounts where if you have kids if they think it's like kids 12 and under they pay like a price lower price or free but let's just say if you're normal everyday adult it's a hundred dollars that's the first thing that's the first thing regardless of where you sit regardless of where where you go it's a hundred dollars then comes the hard part after you select your seats of course when you do when you do go online and select your tickets and select your seats keep in mind as well it's a first-come, first-served basis, so you got to do it as early as possible so you get the best seats at the best price. You have 10 minutes when you select your seats. You also have 10 minutes to per to go ahead and put your credit card numbers in or whatever you do to make your payment. Otherwise, they have to release the seats back to the public. That is, a number, that is the number one thing. So make sure you keep that in mind when you're ordering the tickets. That goes for, I think, any sports, no matter what. 
But now with the technology, usually they were able to send, if you have to pay, I think, $8 to send it via mail. They print the tickets for you and they send it to you via U.S. mail. But nowadays with the technology they have, there's also other options. Like, for example, printing the tickets at home. I think everyone has a decent access to a printer, whether they have one at home, whether they have one in their dorm, or they go to the library, or they're in their office. I think everyone nowadays has access to a printer. You can print your tickets at home at no cost by just giving them the email that I think you provide with. Usually, if you have an account that also has your email, they send it to your prime, the email that you have in the account. The account. The only issue that I have, and this is a tip that I think this is my first tip of the day, make sure your printer prints good. NASCAR sometimes use barcodes as a way to get you into the race. And if you're working retail, if the barcode isn't clear, it's not going to scan. I think that includes printing, printing your tickets out. If the barcode is blurry, you're going to have to try to do whatever you can to get to work. Otherwise, you may have to go to the library as well, or if you can't really do it and you don't have really an access to the library or something like that, you can go to the will call where the ticket boots are and they can help and they can print your tickets for free. Trust me, this happened to us in the uh, Pocono doubleheader earlier this ju last June. Another thing too to keep in mind Another option for you is the mobile telephone. Everyone should probably have a smartphone these days. And you have also the option to send tickets to your phone. Yes, your mobile phone is a good... If your phone works pretty good, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But keep in mind, if you're bringing in other guests, you have to... And you want to give their tickets, well... It's a risk because I think now a time, especially I think SMI, who is the Speedway Motorsports Corporation, owns a couple tracks, including New Hampshire. Since they run Ticketmaster, if you send the tickets to another device, it's with that device forever until they check it in. So keep that in mind when you're going with a group of friends, group of friends or your family. Make sure you get the tickets on different devices but i guess you don't want to transfer the tickets to devices i think that's something that you cannot do because Ticketmaster is a pain in the butt we rather would we rather would keep the tickets on one phone so how you do transfer the tickets to other devices you ask i would just say screenshot the tick the qr code or the barcode whatever they do whatever shows up on your phone and sending it to the people sending it to the other people as well and if you want to be your Bank yourself more time, send all the tickets, send all the screenshot, all the QR codes, and send them to your buddies. So then, when if your phone dies, or if your phone breaks, or something like that, or your phone craps out, at least your buddies have you have a backup device just in case if these things happen. Remember, and there's another thing too, uh, and then there's one thing I want you to take away from this podcast. This podcast uh, episode is to be prepared yes the motto that it's been a boy scouts but you have to be prepared when you're going to a race because things happen things unexpectedly happen you'll see why so we got the tick so we have the tickets sorted out now you got to think about maybe adding on the race adding on any experiences 
Well, let's start off with the first thing, and that's camping. Camping is usually one of the most popular things around uh, NASCAR. They usually, people like to take their RVs, and they park inside the campgrounds, inside the campgrounds, in the infield, the track. Camper spots are very limited, and they go out pretty quick, and they usually sell out. So you probably want to get it, and if you are planning on doing that, you probably want to do it as soon as they are open, available. We'll talk about camping later. I think you have to get there within the race within the race week. Then you have the VIP passes. Now those come at a very very fine margin of price. I haven't had a VIP pass. I've seen people mostly getting it, so I don't think it's not that expensive. But I have not seen the price. So. Let's just go on and say that the price for VIP passes may be around $500. It could be more. It could be less. Oh, a side note real quick. Uh, sorry for any background noises that are usually there. I'm at my house, and I never usually have, like, soundproof stuff. So if you do hear some background, slight background noises, I apologize for that. But moving on. The VIP passes are usually the most pricier thing. What does the VIP passes do? do? They get you in the NASCAR Cup Series garage. They get you in the pits before and during the NASCAR Cup Series race. And actually after the NASCAR Cup Series race. So they are the uh, the more uh, preferable uh, thing if you want to enhance your Cup Series experience. But that's not... But that's all is not lost. There is the... Pit slash paddock passes. They're all... Everything's different. Depending on what track to go to. But but, but let's just say general consensus... 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 Or... Consensus... Con, I can't even say that word. Consensus... Generally... The pit passes are usually... The cheapest, but they get you the most value. You get if you get to the track early, you get to walk around in the pits before they roll out the cup cars. You get to sign the start finish line. You also get to get certain access to probably inside the paddock. Um, sometimes if you get there early, you get to also see the pits, trophies, and sometimes if you're lucky enough, if you do get to the track early and you do go into the pit and you do get a pit pass and you're there, you also might see some drivers. Um, I'll tell you a story. When we got to the track at early at Pocono, we actually met Santino Ferrucci. Yeah, I know he's a controversial figure. I know he drives an IndyCar, but... Drives an IndyCar, too, some of the time. But, uh... Yeah, I know. He may be a controversial figure, but you have to appreciate the dude for taking time out of his day to go greet talk some race fans. Because that was pretty damn good. It was pretty good. He's a good guy. He actually is a good guy talking to the fans. I think he did pretty well at that day. But moving on. So you do get that a little experience as well. And I get to and you also get to probably be in Victor Lane. You get to walk around. You get to walk around the track a little bit. And then when it's time to go, you have to get back in the area or get out. Um in New Hampshire, because I also I also been to two tracks, New Hampshire and Pocono. In New Hampshire Motor Speedway, a pit pass is worth forty $40, and you get to be on this stage, driver's introduction stage. You might get to go into the uh, 
the uh, you might get to go into the pits area, but when we went there uh, earlier the, uh, last week, the podcast was recorded um, just one week after the last NASCAR race before the uh, Olympic break. Um, you could go up there, but the driver's introduction stage is usually usually um, chance, and then you get to sign autographs. But at Pocono, because since the Pocono has the luxury of having two cup races in one weekend, the pit passes are $50. Okay, $10 expensive than New Hampshire. But one pass, and you get in all three days. Talk about value. I had the luxury of going to both cup races. And I gotta tell you, the pit pass... At Pocono is well worth it. I'm gonna save the Pocono pit pa- the pit passes when you get to the track a little later on the podcast. But if Pocono does do a double header next year, and this is one of the tracks you are planning on going to, which I think Pocono is a really good place. Pocono Raceway is a great place to go to an NASCAR race. Um, and then if they do end up doing the double header next year. Definitely buy the pit passes if you're going to both cup races. $50 per person. They are last year three days. They are well worth it. I cannot find any other value for... Cannot find you any other better value for a race fan, for the casual fan in mind. I also heard, and just a comparison to that, I have heard the F1 paddock passes cost $5,000. I don't think that's true. I think that's what people... The researchers say they usually are very pricey. Yeah, you know, you get to meet little celebs, but we got to meet a special celebrity. A special celebrity, actually. More on that More on that later. More on that later, though. But the pit, that's one of the reasons why I think NASCAR is usually one of the best sports to go to, because they usually think of the fan. Usually the prices are pretty good. So we got the tickets. We kind of got an expressed of how... What are the add-ons on? Add-ons on. So you got the tickets. Good. Let's talk about race day prep. There is a couple of questions that you need to ask when going to a race. What's the weather like? What to bring? What to eat? And I think there's one more, but I think it's what to wear. But I think what's the weather like and what to wear are kind of two different things. So let's start off there. What's the weather like and what what to wear? Obviously, you have to check the weather for a NASCAR race. Usually, I think I check the weather for a NASCAR Cup Series week for a race weekend. Usually a week and a half before or the week of the weekend before the racetrack. The race. So, because the weather does change, you do have to, you do get a chance to see what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Obviously, Googling what town the racetrack is at is usually the perfect way to figure out what the weather is going to be like. If it's sunny, of course, mostly if it's sunny outside and it's a nice warm day, shorts, shorts, t-shirt, easy peasy, a hat on, usually a race, uh, 
usually a hat that is the sponsor of your favorite driver. The Exalta Racing cap is mine. Mine. And usually your sunglasses. Sunglasses as well. Also, bring in comfortable footwear. Um, I know it's probably saying stuff, oh, yeah, I can wear flip-flops. If you want to wear flip-flops, that's fine, but you may have to do a lot of walking where you are at just to get to your seats. Just saying. You might have to do a lot of walking. I think you need to be in comfortable footwear, so bring in any comfortable footwear you can possibly get. Sneakers are the way to go. If it's a little cold or you're going to a night race, definitely bring a sweatshirt. Is a good idea as well. And also the dread, the dreaded rain jacket. Of course, if it rains, you might want to keep that rain jacket on you. And also bring in an extra set of clothes that you could throw in your car. Just in case if it does indeed downpour. Of course, um, the debate on whether to bring your rain, track, race, rain jacket inside the racetrack is a question that you must ask. But like I said, I will give you, I will let you know this. And this happened last week. Whenever it's cloudy, you bring the rain jacket. You gotta also assume those pop-up pop-up showers. Because eight laps into the cup race in New Hampshire, it started downpouring. And, yeah, they had to red flag the race. Red flag the race. We'll talk about, you know, stoppages and, um, and then if the race gets postponed later on down the line. Later on. But... That's the pre-prepared part. We were th we were all thinking, we don't need the rain jackets. And they said, okay, let's bring in. Eight laps in, it started downpouring. The two leaders actually wrecked. The track was actually wet enough where the two leaders actually wrecked. True story. Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. wrecked each other on, on lap eight. You could probably find it on YouTube. That was an interesting race. And we'll tell you, I'll tell you how uh, the rest of the race go. Weekend went. So, dress for the weather as much as possible. Always bring an extra set of clothes just in case if you get drenched. You could always swap that on. And also an extra set of footwear if you are doing the driving home. So that's the what to wear part and probably what's the weather going to be like. I think that's the two, we could kill two birds with one stone. With stone. What do you need to bring? Well, if, number one, bring the tickets. Make sure you bring the tickets. Make sure you have the tickets in whatever you bring in, in your possession, whether it's in a bag in a backpack, or in a somewhere where you know they're there, and always check to make sure you have them before you leave the house. If you have it on your phone, just make sure you have it on your phone. Your phone works. That's simple. Obviously, bring you'll always have to bring your phone. You bring your wallet. You bring your personal belong. You bring a watch, maybe smart way. If you have a smart watch, okay, bring that or bring sunglasses. You really don't have to bring a lot of stuff. Always bring money, of course. Whenever cash is needed. Uh, yeah, that's basically what else you need to bring. As in your personal belongings. But as in stuff that you need. That you need to bring with you on the race. Inside the racetrack. Obviously, you need to bring the tickets. A backpack would be nice to put the tickets in. So you at least have some, a bag you could take. Now, you can also bring in bring in binoculars if case if you're going to a track that is very long like i think either michigan daytona talladega and pocono usually are tracks where you might need the binoculars 
need to put con- bring in context if you're near side or far side. I think that would be a pretty good option as well. Um, but also bringing in something for the racetrack, also the scanner. Now, let me talk about the scanner just a little bit. I don't think anyone knows what a scanner is. A scanner is basically the scanner that you usually that you usually get all access to all the channels, all the channels, and you get to listen to uncensored radio content live. Now, you do have the option to rent your scan rent rent a scanner by going to the Racing Electronics Center in those things, and you get to just ask for one, and then you pay, I think, pay a little money for it. Nowadays, in a post-COVID era, because we're recording recording this, and still we're in the uh, post-COVID era, or I think we're post-COVID, but we'll say that for now, uh, you have to reserve your spot online. Then you go to the track and get your scanner. But... It's always good to have one on you. Now, obviously, you can find one on eBay where uh, it's made by Uniden. Sometimes also made... um, Sometimes also uh, you can maybe find some old ones made by Radio Shack back in in the 2000s. Did I just say Radio Shack? I think I said Radio Shack in 2021. For those people who are listening to the podcast listen to the podcast leave a comment down below or leave tell me that you heard of if you know radio shack is still radio shack was still a thing back then and you've been to one i can't believe i said that but back to the scanners usually uniden and radio shack make the scanners you can usually find one on ebay or amazon ebay usually is your go-to thing i'm looking on ebay as of right now i'm looking at it some of the scanners some of the scanners are usually um cheap some of the time, some of them are usually pricey. It's a little bit on the pricey side, but again, it is good to have one on you at times. And also NASCAR does publish the, the driver's frequency, radio frequencies online. It's good to have. It's good to learn how to set up a scanner. Usually on YouTube, they would usually tell you. Tell you. Sometimes if you are also going um, going uh, there, you might also need to bring some medication. Uh, my dad, of course, is a pharmacist, so he gets free medication. Obviously, he gets free medication, so obviously he brings that. You don't need to bring that, but if you're like a diabetic or something like that, you might have to bring some insulin or something like that. Bring all the necessary things that you need. Bring anything necessarily that you need when you're going out. So that's what to bring in that case. What to eat is another one. Your hunger is definitely one of the most important requirements. Because, as you know, it also includes what you bring and all the stuff because that leads what to eat. NASCAR has a... And NASCAR is probably one of the most lenient motorsport... Lenient policies on coolers. I think that you could bring in any beverage you like. As long as it's not in a glass container, you can bring in anything you want, especially the beer. You can bring beer inside the racetrack. As long as it's not in glass bottles, you are good because of the bottle gate incident that um, Cleveland had. But we could also talk about that. But that's another show. 
The but you can also bring in bring in snacks, drinks, and food as well. You can also make your own. And personally, you can always go out and get something before you go into the racetrack. Or always you can eat at the Thistle at the concessions that they have provided. But we'll talk about that once you get there. Once you get there. But if you're like me, I usually make my I usually make my uh, lunch before I go on the racetrack. Save me a few couple bucks and then I usually go out for dinner. We'll talk about that when we get there. But let's talk about... But another thing too you need to work... To, bring as well as my race day meals i usually go with and for me you ask me well what do you usually eat during the race give me two bottles uh 32 ounce bottles of gatorade and two packets of gummy starbursts and i'm come and i'll be fine yeah i know i eat a lot of sugar but the sugar rush does keep you alive and well especially the gatorade because you're probably going to need it on a hot day and when you bring a cooler as well Yes, you could purchase ice as well, but a little tip for you. Free freeze a couple bottles of water, and that'll be good. But if you're coming from a hotel, use the ice maker machine. But buying ice is not that expensive either. So now you know kind of what to bring. You kind of made a list. You kind of know what you're going to need to do. Now comes the race day part. Driving to the racetrack. If you are going from another driving... To a racetrack, you probably want to leave around, probably want to leave very early in the morning. Usually, if it's on a Sunday, traffic's usually not bad on Sunday mornings until you get to the racetrack. If you're leaving on Saturday, you might have to bank yourself, bank yourself a little bit of time. You might have to leave a little earlier to just to bank yourself some time. Also, when you do. When you do go to a race, if you had to fly to the track, you gotta always gotta stay in it, and you are staying in a hotel. Make sure you try to stay at a hotel uh, within about maybe an hour, hour and a half away from the racetrack, so that you can always leave early just to make it through the traffic as much as possible. But you made it. You made it to race day. Now comes the interesting part about driving there, and the traffic's usually. And I'll tell you this: usually, um. The race day traffic is usually not that bad when I went to New Hampshire and Pocono. Although Pocono was terrible, actually. One time we got there and the traffic was so bad we didn't we got we got there just when they fired the engines. So make sure you get there early. Oh, and also make sure Well We'll we'll get to. It. We'll make sure. We'll also make sure you have enough gasoline or electric, whatever you have. Oh, I know that we're still, you know, electric cars are coming to be market, but I'm gonna let you know this right now. As much as I really am shocked to see say this, there are no electric car chargers in the NASCAR race. Would be very useful pretty soon, but for now there isn't. But has to be something on the cards because when you have an electric car, you're driven all the way there, but you know the deal. So make sure your car is fully charged well if you're driven an electric car. But if you're driving a gasoline car, you're pretty fine. Now the driving part is pretty easy. You go straight to the racetrack. 
that's that. You get through traffic okay, and of course you get to park. Now, mostly, most tracks provide free parking and also additional parking around the track where you have to pay. You, sometimes you have to pay to park on some, like, people's yards even. Uh, but the tracks usually give you free parking. Well, when I went to New Hampshire and and Pocono, we never had to pay for parking. But that could be different based on whatever track you went to. However, though, however, though, there is also sometimes the traffic so bad that it's really a pain in the butt. Nashville Super Speedway is one of those reasons. NASCAR, of course, went back to Nashville Super Speedway earlier this year. But the fan, but the fans have said that the traffic was so bad because they were charging people for parking. They were charging twenty bucks for parking, and they only had one parking area to get there, and the traffic was so bad that they had to delay the race because people were not in the grandstands. Oh, and another reason why the cooler policy is so lenient sometimes. Oh, now this is what not to do. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a little bit. We'll get to that in a little, but we'll get to that soon. I don't know why I redundant that, but that is what it is. The the point is is that once you get into the track, I think usually the parking is easy. Just make sure you follow the guards. Well, all most of the time, follow the guards' orders. Some you'll find out why in just a little bit. I'll give you that. Notes itself also drink water when you're doing a podcast. Anyway, when you're doing. When you go into the race and when you park, make sure you kind of get a guide of where you are based on the flags that people set up and all that stuff. Also, NASCAR allows you to tailgate. So if you do have like a purple barbecue grill or a couple of chairs, you can throw some deck chairs on, maybe play a game of cornhole or throw the football around. Yes, throw the football around. I know that most of my podcasts, Europeans or... People who are outside the U.S. don't know what a football is. Yeah. Uh, I will describe it in another show. Or you can Google it. You can probably Google it. You throw the football around, play a little game of cornhole. It's good to have fun. I like to get in the track really I like to sit down, usually eat the lunch there. Once you get there, if you already prepped the lunch or got lunch, whatever it is, I like to eat the lunch at the... In your car before you get in the track. That way you can burn off a little bit of calories by walking into the by by walking to the track. Save you time. Saves you a little bit. But there. So once you've gotten settled in, made it to the track, it is time to punch in your tickets. Your tickets. Make sure you have the tickets before you leave. If you've done that check, your ticket should still be there or on your phone, ready to go. Once you, once you get it, walk up to the track entrance, the gates. Before you enter the gates in, before they scan your tickets, they always check the coolers to make sure you don't have any weapons or anything like that. Once you do that, they give you a sticker or put a sticker in your cooler. And out you go. And out you go. And, oh, and then there's any gla- and if you do put glass bottles in, they have to take those out because glass bottles are not required. Are... You can't bring glasses to a racetrack. 
that is the rule. And that's that. And that's that. Then you get your tickets punched in, and now you're at the, inside the track. Now, there's a lot of places you can go go inside the track, and that's where my experience will come in. There's the fanfare, where basically that includes all the merchandise haulers, the merchandise haulers, the sponsorship, sponsor gigs, and anything in between. Let's start off with the merchandise haulers. You probably see those things, those little small haulers that are usually parked either in a line or around the clock where you see all people standing around. That's where you buy the race day merchandise. Now, they're not a fanatic store where they usually have a huge selection, but they have a mildly, a little bit of selection as well of what you get. They're usually be on the pricey side, but they do have t-shirts, hats, diecast cars, accessories, anything in between, anything in between. Uh, but obviously, I think one year, I think it was in 2015 or 2016, I believe, uh, at one point in the NASCAR thing, they only did this, I think, maybe once or twice. They had this, since Fanatics had a huge partnership with NASCAR, they decided that they got to build this, like, huge mall where Big Tens and they have a huge checkout lane where you could just basically grab and go into the checkout and then they check your bags I guess it really, I think, is to allow more merchandise to be on on set. But I guess everyone got confused, I guess. And um, everyone gets confused. And most fans didn't really like it. So I think uh, later on, I think it was in 2016, it only lasted a year. And they went back to the old format. So um, it was this. And what I meant by a huge shop, I meant like you're walking into... A mini mall that is your favorite driver and each department has like there's a shirt department there's you kind of see what I mean and they're each they section off each and every sec they section off in each and every like pod of the driver so it is kind of weird I'm glad they went back to the old days where it was the merchandise haulers I think it was easier to control the inventory too but if you see what you like in the merchandise haulers, I think they're all tax-free, so you can purchase everything you like. There are, then there's also the haul, merchandise haulers that are sponsored are with the track, where you can buy a race day hat, track hats, track shirts, uh, race day shirts, uh, race day programs, where you also uh, get the uh, die-cast card. Promotion die-cast cards, you get a big booklet with the starting lineup, you get all these, like, pictures of last year's race like any reading materials well anything to uncover the driver the day of a race the day of a race sometimes they're free sometimes you have to pay a little money that's the way it goes i got mine for free because some random guy walked up to me and handed me a race they say hey go 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 get a race day booklet actually that was the same day that jeff gordon won by the way so i then said oh i got lucky there a little bit so it ended up being uh pretty good it ended up pretty, pretty good. I guess it was my lucky day. It was my lucky day. But, um, let's see here. We're, we're on the fan at, fanfare, so they have that as well. Um, sometimes in the fanfare, uh, most, 
they also have some classic race cars where you can take pictures of. They had a, uh, when we went to Pocono, they had a 1993 Jeff Gordon Super Speedway car that they used at Michigan and Talladega, I think it was, I think it was like Speedy Man or something like that. I think that was the name of it with the original chassis and everything. You could still see the Aska, uh, the, um, the paint that still kind of dried up. So those pretty good condition cars. Uh, and also manufacturers uh, get to have get to showcase well because not only may Chevy, Ford, and Toyota compete on track, they also compete in the automobile market. So some of the tracks that you go to will have uh, special automobile manufacturers. Now it depends on what track you go to because all three of them are not there at the same time. I think the only I I take that back. The only one I think one track that you get all three of them at the same time I think would be Michigan because Michigan to uh, Michigan Speedways I think about fifty miles away from Detroit and Detroit is Motor City, so you kind of get the idea why Michigan is kind of a big race for the manufacturers. But uh, I if you go to Pocono I think it's uh, Pocono if you go to I think it's Toy uh, Chevy if you go to New Hampshire it's Toy if you go to any SMI truck it's Toyota. So Nashville they had Ford Michigan probably has Ford as well. Ford as well. Uh, but when you go to the motor tents you might get like free T-shirts or something like that or. Chevy racing t-shirts or something like that. They give you like free t-shirts or something like that. But they also get to bring you get to browse not only maybe a NASCAR cup car, but you also get to browse uh browse uh the show cars itself. So if you get a Chevy thing, you might get to see the Corvette C8. Uh, which is really cool. The C8 Stingray. I think it's a great looking car. We could talk about cars in another podcast, but that's a pretty but side note, that's a pretty good looking car. Sometimes you get to see also drivers. Uh, if you get to the track early on race day, now this is normal day. Uh, if you get to the track early, you might also get to see, you might also get to see drivers making appearances in the, um, on stage. Uh, when we went to Pocono, I think two years ago, we got to see Chase Elliott on stage, on stage, and he was, uh, giving um and of course they allow fans to answer a couple questions uh they allow fans to fans to ask him a couple questions which i think it's pretty cool i think to hear they talk about you know how's the race and all stuff so you might get early for that also if you being like been to like the bush beer section or something like that you might also get to see kevin harvick and all stuff so that's another thing too is that go to the, that's what uh a lot of things do. you go to a sponsorship to get all free stuff or you get to try new things when Monster Energy was the title sponsor for the NASCAR Cup Series uh, for three years, 2017 and 2019, uh, they have the sm- they had the smoke show where they have these BMX dirt bikes and these drift cars, and they do put on a smoke show. They put on a quite a show, good show for the fans if they you come there early. It's too bad Monster Energy is not the title sponsor of the Cup Series, no. But they went to no title. Um, it only lasted three years, and too bad Monster Energy didn't continue the tradition, even though they have been a primary sponsor for Kurt Busch for many years. Sometimes also in the merchandise holder, drivers would do autographs and all that. But if you do get to go to the race early, you also may get to... 
make sure you have those pit passes because you can also check those pit passes in. When you do check the pit passes in, usually they have like, I think, a section of it. If you section of it or a or a little ticketed thing where you just scan the barcode and they give you that. For us at Pocono, uh, you get a wristband basically put on you. And you have to wear that wristband for the full weekend. We did not know that you needed to wear the wristband for the whole weekend because this was our second time doing it. And we... We and when we went back the next day, they said, "Oh, you have to wear it for the full week." It's like it's only our third time doing it, so we didn't know that. So, um, um, so yeah, they usually give you a wristband or something like that to uh, at least recognize that you are a pit pass, and then you walk inside. Either you have to walk into the grandstands, into a gate, or like a gate at the front straightaway, or you have to walk underneath the track to get into the get into the um into the pit paddock but once you're there you get to check out a couple things now while i'm here in in the subject of doing things before the race let me give you a few things a few um a few attractions for the for the nascar uh if you are going to a nascar race so let's start off with uh dover speedway they have a huge miles the monster po monument in turn three uh, yeah, I know the French GP has a monster, but a monkey, but unfortunately though, Miles the monster can literally crush that monkey with a race car. Trust me. That's probably one of the coolest trophies in NASCAR. Probably one of the coolest mascots in the history of sports. Trust me. But that also, that where that same big statue is, is also an ice cream stand. So, pretty cool thing there. If you are looking for fun and exciting things to get inside the garage area, Phoenix Raceway is a great place to go. If you purchase a little pit pass money, you get access to the victory lane. Underneath the tunnel, you get to go see a big little bar. They usually provide some drinks. And also, uh, both Richmond, Phoenix, and Talladega have walk-in garages now where... We're basically now, instead of the garages, you know, at Daytona, usually the fans sit at the top of the garages. At, at, uh, at, uh, those three tracks, and maybe more, I think I'm forgetting one track, but they have, the garages are set up now where the fans walk in the middle so they could see their fans. And they may actually get some autographs there, too, so you could definitely, that's definitely one of the attractions to keep in mind. Talladega also has a, uh, big little... Uh, cocktail bar right in the center middle of the garage area and it's a good place to go for fans i heard the cocktails are pretty dang good there um at daytona uh daytona has a big facility i think they have a big chevy dealership right in the middle i think daytona has so many things especially inside the track they have inside the um in the little pods they also have some lots of more attractions as well and lots of good places to eat and all stuff which leads us to our concessions thing i do not buy concessions at the racetrack which um concessions to the racetrack i don't usually buy concessions because i think they're a little pricey that's why the cooler policy is so good is that you can bring whatever you want and you can save a little money but if you do buy cons concessions there I think technically Daytona usually is probably pretty good at concessions. Um, they have stepped up the concessions though in some racetracks. 
Uh, but obviously, I think if you have watched my streams once before, I think you probably know what I'm going to say next. There's only one racetrack that you can go for probably the best food ever, and that is Martinsville Speedway because they have a $2 Martinsville hot dog. The famous hot dog that has chili, mustard, onions, and a little slaw. And you can't beat $2. Fans could not stand it, neither... And, and don't take it from me. Take it from the fans. Take it from the crew chiefs, the drivers, the cameraman. The, everyone loves a good Martinsville hot dog. So don't buy a concession. If you got to buy concessions, probably go with something a little bit famous. So that's why I think Talladega, Daytona, maybe a couple of that. But Martinsville Speedway is definitely the king of concessions. If you're going to Martinsville Speedway, you have to go get their hot dog. Because if you do not, if you have a go, if you go to Martinsville and didn't buy their hot and didn't buy their hot dog, you didn't do it. Wasn't worth it. You have to get their hot dog itself. Itself. So make sure you do get that. You will thank me later. But back to what I was saying, you have time to check out things and all stuff, and you did have a chance to check out the pit passes. So if you do have the pit passes, you get to be you get to go around a little bit, you get to see stuff, you get to be inside. When we went to Pocono, uh we got to sit in this like gate little thing behind the little thing. We get to on this was on Saturday. I'll tell you on Sunday. We got to be in that little pod area. This was after the truck race. Uh, we got to walk around a little bit. We kind of see the media center, you know, the medical center, of course, where the drivers take to when they have an act when they crashed. And you kind of, and it kind of leads the walkway to the campgrounds. The other thing too, I also have to mention: be prepared to see any drivers and any pit reporters that walk through your way, because. It was just after the truck race, and we saw the trophy come out. He's like, didn't the trophy just give it away to? Guess who comes, shows up? John Aaron Nemechek, the, who drives for Kyle Busch Motorsports. We got his autograph. Oh, and speaking of which, make sure I forgot to mention this because I am so stupid. Oh, and that reminds me. I forgot to mention this. Make sure you, if you are getting pit passes, make sure you bring Sharpies. It will be very hard to get a fan. Make sure you bring Sharpies. We forgot on Sunday, we were lucked out on Sunday, but bring the Sharpies just in case for driver autographs. That is the one thing also for pit passes. You get the chance to meet your favorite driver and get some autographs. Autographs. When we went to Pocono on Saturday, the sun came out. It was pretty good. We got John Arnimichuk's autograph, so we did bring a Sharpie. But since we're living in a post-COVID area, most of the drivers bring uh, usually are given a Sharpie. But back in uh, 2015, because we got, I'll tell you this, back in 2015, uh, we actually, fun fact, another fun fact, the same story how I got the free program in when Jeff Gordon won. Uh, when we were talking about, oh, we had the pit pass really good, like some random guy was, oh, you were just talking about pass, yeah, we were talking about passes, you know that, and he hands us three pit passes tickets. It was just us four. It was myself, my brother, my two other brothers, and my dad. Who was going to, who was going to be the short on the stick? My dad. My dad got the short end of the stick. Short end of the stick. He got to sit there. We got to go and meet some drivers. We got four autograph, four driver signatures from our pit passes. There were they were Greg Biffle, Casey Kane, who are retired but are famous NASCAR drivers, 
and two cups current cup drivers actually i take that back i think we got five because i believe we got trevor bain's autograph but i think i'm sure we only got four uh we definitely got ricky stenhouse and we got kyle larson yes we did get kyle larson that was 2015 that was his second full-time nascar cup cup season wonder how he's doing now wonder i never thought i would say this i wonder what he's doing i wonder what where he's at right now oh yeah if you watch nascar you know where he is but that's another show. But I'll tell you, after the COVID area, because of course, remember, fans were not allowed in the stands most of the time, and fans were not allowed inside the track until this year. Of course, under of course, let's also mention this as well. The drivers don't take the sharpies out of the fans' hands. They gotta bring their own. So they bring their own. And I gotta tell you. That was awesome. We had the hat out and we were getting driver signatures left and right. We were getting a lot of signatures. We got signatures from Joey Logano, Michael McDowell, the Daytona 500 champion, Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Joe, uh, I said Logano twice, Blaney, uh, Busher, Stenhouse. Truex, Kyle Busch, you know, if there's a NASCAR, um, most of the drivers usually do it. I'll give you the drivers that did not get a chance to sign autographs. Now, these are the drivers that may or may not be signing autographs when you go to a racetrack. So, keep this in mind when you are going to a NASCAR race. You might not get to see your, you might not get a chance to get your favorite drivers autographs but these are the drivers we did not get to see autograph get not to did not get to see autographed and those drivers are uh kevin harvick uh brad kislowski bubba wallace daniel suarez which i was very shocked that bubba wallace neither daniel swore no, neither daniel suarez didn't sign autographs and they're the two most startup teams so I don't know why they would is, especially Daniel Suarez. I really want to talk. I think I love to talk to Daniel Suarez. He's a fun guy to be around with. I mean, yes, he is Mexican, but he has a great personality. Um, and he's doing pretty well with the track cast car. But that's a side note. Back to what I was saying. Uh, Kislowski. Kislowski did not sign any autographs. And he, um, at the time, at the time um, that it happened... Everyone knew that Brad Kozlowski was moved to Rash Fenway, and just this past Tuesday, uh, it was announced that he was moving to Rash Fenway Racing, but that story has been in the news since May, which is probably not shocking when it was announced and everyone knew his deal. And oh, by the way, you get to meet insiders like Bob Podcrass, who got to talk to the fans who got to talk to the fans usually. And I think one fan asked him about that Brad Kozlowski deal because I think the uh, person noticed that uh, he was not making merchandise. Uh, Bob said it, it was a done deal. So and then they were just waiting on the news. So that's that. But Bob Hockress also talks a lot of the fans, so you may get that. And you also might get celebrity cameos. So, and I get to tell you guys, a famous celebrity, Michael Jordan, walked past us. Michael Jordan walked past us at Pocono on Saturday. 
We didn't know it, and the funny thing is that you think that Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball... Oh, by the way, Michael, if you don't... Michael Jordan is one of the NASCAR team owners. He owns uh, 2311 Racing, which is driven by Bubba Wallace. Michael Jordan walked past us. He was actually in attendance for that Pocono weekend. He walked past us. We at no one had a clue that was him until I think he was recognized by a fan almost just leaving there. And he was and when I was recording this, um, it was I think McDowell, and you hear the quote, Michael Jordan just walked past us. Michael Jordan just walked past us. No one noticed him, and when I went back to find the footage, you easily could have found him. But I didn't initially find him at first because Michael Jordan because no one said anything. The, and that is one and of course Michael Jordan one of the greatest athletes of all time is at the racetrack and you get to see him and then I thought where's Pitbull because Pitbull all uh as you know also track has racing driven by Daniel Suarez his car owner or his co-owner is Pitbull the artist Pitbull Pitbull was not at the racetrack though but Pitbull I gotta say and I'm gonna have to make another show about this because it's really a good thing to talk about nascar team owners younger team owners but pitbull is doing a great job with nascar i'm glad that he is on he is doing nascar i think he's having a lot of fun with it so i'm glad to see uh, also he is joining in the fun but yeah michael jordan walks past us he didn't sign autographs he just walked past us and obviously, if you have the pit pass like Pocono, you only get one shot at it. But if you're going to the Pocono doubleheader, you have a second shot tomorrow. But that's the good thing, though, because we got driver autographs in the first day. We got William Byron's autograph twice. Uh, the first one I had I had ready to go, but I brought didn't bring it in because I thought I would never do it. Never. Uh, he would. We. The, what are the chances? And uh, when he came around, Tim took the Exulta playoff hat off my head and put it on and and put it out there. And Byron came in and he saw the Exulta logo because that's his main sponsor. And he signed the damn thing. So there you go. Thank you, William Byron, for signing my play- playoff hat. He also signed our big Pocono board that we got on Sunday with a lot of autograph drivers as well. We got a lot of driver autographs. We got a lot more. I think we, in total... I think we got 14 autographs in total from Saturday, and I'm going to say at least 20, maybe 25 autographs. So we got at least over 50 signatures between both days, which is pretty dang good. Pretty dang good. So I think Pocono, again, that goes with the pit pass value, but obviously if you have the VIP passes, definitely you could probably get more autographs and probably take pictures of your favorite driver. But the pit passes at poke pit passes usually get your mo- more of the value, and I will probably also tell you this now. I think this goes. I think this is true. I think the drivers nowadays, I think, are signing more stuff for the fans because again, they're making up the year that they didn't get to. They no fans were allowed inside the uh, the paddock. It was just only the drivers, the TV crews, and everything like everything in between. But the fans, everything but the fans. They are making that up, and I think now each and every driver do this well. And the drivers like to see, and that's what drivers are motivated about, seeing fans back in in the grandstand, seeing fans, signing stuff with the fans, making their fans' day, and also toying around with the fans as well. Logano toyed around the fans pretty good. Um, Logano also toys around the fans, so does uh, the drivers. The drivers usually are, are usually toying around. They usually have a personality, and that's what the drivers have to do some of the time. They have to toy around with them. 
the fans because that only makes the driver's mood a little bit happier and i think really it gives much then but we're going away from the pit but let's just say you've done the pit pass experience you experienced the concessions at all step you are now arriving at your sea and you're ready to watch the race of course if it's sunny day it goes from green 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 you're fine so National Anthem comes in, of course you stand up, they usually have a flyover if it's a nice sunny day, uh, let's see here, then the green flag comes out, every time when the green flag comes up, you gotta stand up, everybody stands up when they come for the restart, I don't know why that is the case, and if you're asking me why do they stand up when they take the green flag, I have no idea, it's just how it is, you just stand up when they take the green flag, cause I think everyone wants to be on their feet, as well and it gives the i think the camera engagement i it's just a thing it's just this thing you just gotta do it i think it's basically like the same thing where you get up uh, where you you have to stand up when um there's one out in the ninth inning ninth inning and your favorite baseball teams so when it's basically i think similar to that i think it's a tradition so i i'm gonna say tradition so the race is going on. If the race goes green all the way without any weather stoppages, you're pretty good. Of course, there may be a sudden stoppage for a red flag if they have to clean up the racetrack and all stuff. In that case, take your earplugs off and you can talk to your fans. But keep in mind, sign language and screaming is going to be required because it is going to get very loud when they fire the engines. So now that's for, and of course, if the race day goes fine without any stoppages, no problem with weather, you're basically going to be fine. But let's just say if rain is going to be in the area, what do you do at this point? And this is where I think it gets even interesting. Uh, we had the pop-up shower uh, at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. But let's just talk about rain. Of course, let's also keep in mind with the rules. If NASCAR, if the race gets past halfway or gets past stage two, whatever comes first, the race can be called official due to weather or daylight. That has happened last week because since the race, NASCAR started the race at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time in New Hampshire Speedway, A-laps were in the race, then they're doing heavy downpour head. It took about an hour and 45 to get the track dried. They got green around 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, so they only had three hours to get the race in. And they were about eight laps short, but it got pretty dark by 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. So be prepared for that, something like this to happen. But if it's rain shorten and you get past halfway, yeah, you can basically go back to your car or something like that. Or stand underneath the grandstands until they call the race or something like that. But let's just say the odd, uh, the odd, um, the odd rain delay. Well, I'll tell you this: NASCAR does not allow re-entry, so once you uh, get into the track, there is no way you can get back in unless the race is postponed. If the race goes ahead, you can't get in. So be sure when to punch in your ticket. If by any chance the race gets the race that you're going to gets postponed by rain, usually they give you a full refund. Um, if you do, if if you cannot make it to the usually the next day or the or 
whatever day they decided to put the race on due to weather the usually tracks usually give you your money back and they usually give you a credit to use on a future race because you missed it obviously there's a good chance nascar could be racing the rain ovals but until then on flat ovals like new hampshire richmond martinsville three tracks um with the ovals and of course on the road courses but until that becomes a really big possible that's the only other exception but let's just say if that's the case well too bad so sad but we're only talking about we're only talking about but hopefully you brought your raincoat when when if uh the weather is going to show for rain later on now but let's just talk about the race uh, itself. Uh, race day experiences usually come up with a good thing. You might get some crashes nearby. Um, you're uh, that you get to see. Usually the races are pretty good. You get pretty good view of the pit stalls if you are very lucky enough. Um, but the most thing I think the best part about going to a racetrack and seeing a NASCAR race, I think, is because you don't get to see the commercials. You actually get to see the gaps. And when it came down to a fuel mileage race, William Barr should have won it. Yeah, I, the TV, I don't know if TV caught it really. He had a good gap to like Denny Hamlin and they, he was like, okay, they're on the strategy. They're, they're good. They're going to do it. They're going to, it's only you and the, it's you, only you and the 11 and the 18. The two is going to pit. Just get up to a very good gap. Do it. Nope. They just let him push. And then when Kasazi pit, they told him to max save. And Byron ran. Byron had a pit with two laps to go, which oh, that's gonna suck for me. He at least he didn't run out of gas while leading. I think that's more painful than pitting. But running out of gas while leading is more painful than than pitting from the lead for fuel. But the race ends, and you have a pretty good, fantastic winner. But obviously, let's also mention where you sit. There are also some blind spots on the tracks. I could say for Pocono. Usually the short shoot straightaway is usually blindsided because of the uh, the campers, like from from the straightaway that's between turns three, turns three and turn two. That's usually the straightaway where it's also filled with a lot of campers. <clears throat> when Larson had the flat tire on the last lap of the race, we didn't know he had a flat tire until when he came out of the campers and he went straight in the wall. And also, you might get some funny moments, funny, hilarious moments, like uh, the pace car getting hit or something like that. But you also might get, if you're at Daytona or Talladega, you might also get an occasional flip or occasional big wreck that you love to see. Um, oh, and be aware of this too. On the back of your ticket, NASCAR is now responsible for any piece of debris that goes over the catch fence or any damages that... If you're sitting close to the catch fence, you are risking yourself some lives because there is that possibility that you could fling yourself into the catch fence. Um, debris cars could be going to the catch fence. Now, obviously, NASCAR is trying to prevent flips at all step, but let's face it, flips are usually a case of motorsports. This goes for all motorsports too. So keep that in mind when you're sitting, try to sit closer to the, closer to the fence. I also uh, have a little bit of the uh, rubber that comes up the tires, and when they put the PGA one traction come out, you can, it feels sticky. It feels so sticky, so it's really cool. Piece of marble that usually comes the case. That's how you can tell the 
traction cop pads really cool. So, um, there may be some memorable moment, last lap moments. Uh, I've had, uh, I think 2019, Harvick and Hamlin battling for the win, and um, I think Hamlin bumped Harvick out of the way, didn't have a chance to do that. Occasional few mileage races. Uh, Tony Stewart ran out of gas, I think, in 2010, coming to the white flag for New Hampshire. Um, then the reversal happened the same year. Boyer went on to win. Then Boyer ran out of gas the next year. Actually, ironically, the next year. The two people are the same thing. The reversal happens. Boyer runs out of gas. Harvick, uh, um, Tony Stewart took the lead and won, uh, won in 2011. One of five races he won to win the title, uh, the 2011 NASCAR Cup that year. Uh... We've had the reversal happen at New Hampshire, I think, another time where Harvick actually ran out of gas with two laps to go. Ketsev won. Harvick took the lead from Matt Kenseth with five to go on a restart and held him off to win for the first time ever for my brother. It was a redemption that he has been so waiting for, so much waiting. He was waiting for that moment for quite a while. Uh, I'm trying to think what else what else happened in that... Um, memorable moments that we've had we've seen we've seen a couple of unexpected winners we've seen logano's first two wins uh logano's first win was range shorten uh he had an incident where in 2009 they had a big crash in new hampshire logano had a flat tire so he was on an alternate strategy and then the rain came and it was gordon second and they kept running laps under yellow, and they brought the car stop pit road. The race gets called, and Lugano wins. Um, we saw Lugano's first two wins because actually both of those wins in in Jokey's race equipment, he won a Pocono in 2012 when he booted Mark Martin out of the way. Uh, one of the most I think uh, we saw a couple of first time winners. Uh, we saw Blaney's first win. Ryan Blaney's first win when he had that amazing duel with Kevin Harvick at Pocono. Um, definitely, if you if you want to see a great duel for the win, look up that battle. Uh, even the Larson Bowman uh, battle from this year's Pocono race was pretty fantastic, and the fuel mileage race at Pocono. At Pocono, Pocono had great races. New Hampshire also had a pretty good race. I thought the race was pretty good. You had some great racing side by side action. I think on another. Wreck, I think it was my very first race in 2007 where I think it was Joe Nemechek who had a lost a tire and the tire actually bounced into the grandstands. No one was hurt, I don't think. But, or bounced into the, bounced off the fence, catch fence, almost went in the grandstands, but luckily it didn't. Another time, actually the next year, in 2008, this was a pretty good one. Dale Earnhardt Jr. was trying to pit, and he got run in the back by Jamie Murray, and Reagan got hit, and it was a weird, it was a weird crash. It was a weird crash, but a really cool one. Uh, Matoya and Kyle Busch wrecked each other under yellow at one point. I think it was during the rain. The caution that ended the race under the rain. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, another Pocono, another great Pocono moment. Dale Earnhardt Jr. winning. Uh, that is, if you're asking me what was the one uh, one race I think you probably will never, that you can look back on and say I was glad to be there. It was the race, Pocono race, where Dale Earnhardt Jr. won the first win, Pocono. It was June 2011. He was battling with Brad Kozlowski. And how Dale Jr. won is that Kozlowski got some trash out of his grill. I think it was like eight laps to go. 
And it was at Pocono was a long track, so he had a long way to go. And Kislowski was coming up, I think a lap car was Danica Patrick. He tried to go, and what he was trying to do was he was trying to get um, up to the close to the bumper and the air distributes and wipes the grill up. But he mistimed the run. He misjudged how slow she was going. And Kozlowski lost all his moment. Dale Jr. went by, took the lead, and won the race. Dale Earnhardt Jr. won. And everyone went bananas. Dale Earnhardt Jr. It's really interesting. It's really weird. Because this is how way different it is when you're in the stands than watching on TV. When you watch on TV, even with Chase Elliott leading. But when Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads... It doesn't matter. You stand up. Dale Earnhardt Jr. takes the lead, especially that. I think it was with five laps to go. And everyone was on their feet cheering. Every No one was sitting down at that point. Everyone was standing. They were cheering on when Jr. came around the last couple laps. And when Dale Jr. won, no one left. Because everyone wanted to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. win, so uh, that was one of the moments I think one of the, I think one of the most moments I think I can remember in racetrack when Dale Earnhardt Jr. wins. Uh, I can be the, I can now officially say I'm thankful to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. win because it doesn't matter if you're which favorite, your favorite driver are you stand up when Dale Earnhardt Jr. is leading the race unless you're a Kyle, unless you're a Kyle Busch fan. <laughs> uh, I can't use that inside joke. Uh, you have to learn. You have to figure out. You have to figure out that joke. I'm gonna have to tell that joke. Uh, I have to explain that joke later on. They had a rivalry back then, but everyone hates Kyle Busch. Actually, this year's Pocono race, Kyle Busch was stuck in fourth gear and had no clutch. So when you when you saw a TV, what you saw on TV, uh, he had to go to the pits. But so of course he's stuck in fourth gear. He's not gonna be able to take off restarts. He comes in, tops off, and then they get a rolling. They they let him send the pits, and they went wait till I think they get to like the short shoot, and they let Kyle Busch go because he had no fourth gear. The race went green all the way. He won the race on a fuel mileage. If there was one more lap, or they had a caution, he would have not made it. He would have not won the race. So he had to get lucky a little bit, but pretty damn impressive. Um, yeah, there were a lot, there were a lot of great moments. Uh, oh, and Harvick booted Kyle Busch out of the way. That was another one of the race still rain delay races. The race went pretty great, and it was a one-crew race. Kyle Busch's car was struggling, and Harvick bumped him out of the way for the win, which was pretty good. And then, of course, obviously one of my favorite moments, uh, probably the only moment in time when, uh, Jeff Gordon won at Pocono. The only time he got to win in that Red and orange flaming paint scheme as a points race. That was the only race he won in that paint scheme was that race. Because they changed the paint scheme, I think, in 2014 when Exulta took over for DuPont paints. But Exulta does a pretty good job too. So I, that's some of my best moments from the races as well. So hopefully those races, when you do go to the races, you have some best moments. Now, after the race is locating your car and obviously getting ready for post-race traffic and that's where the pain in the butt really is you we've had a pain in the butt getting out of the racetrack uh we've had times where we left the racetrack at 8 30 at night and here's why because it is also recommended that you go to a sit-down restaurant uh after the race that is also my tip 
try to go to at least to a race day uh, try to go to at least to a like a sit down restaurant um preferably one local actually because the local restaurants usually love race day traffic especially coming out with covid um coming out with the covid era obviously go to a local restaurant um search up any local restaurants around your around the track usually they'll do this well but don't get reservations because nothing's guaranteed if the race is going to end at this at whatever time you put the reservations at especially with the race day traffic um after the first race at Pocono on Saturday, when we pulled out um, and got into line, the guy was like, "No, no, no, no! You can't go out that way. We gotta possess you." He's like, and I and I actually, this is what I said to the guy because he was so clueless because he didn't see the line behind me of cars behind me, including my dad. I said, "Would you like to hold my phone while?" Would you like to call, would you like to hold my phone with the insurance my insurance company on the other side as I back into this car? So keep in mind they could be a little um, on the on the dumber side. They do want to get you out there as quickly as possible, of course. So respect the uh, officers and the uh, uh, the guards who um, the traffic uh, the traffic controllers. Um, and obviously go to sit down restaurants one things well make sure you check to see if it's open because when we went to New Hampshire this year most of the restaurants were closed were either closed at nine or eight o'clock or closed on Sundays probably after COVID so and then here's the thing once we did have a selection of the restaurant here's the be prepare part we had a restaurant I think a choice we didn't ask for reservations but as we I said we left the track at 8 30 at night the race had to end due to darkness so, when we got back in, we had to go to, well, we went to Wendy's. We tried to, we said, okay, let's just go to drive through. We go to Wendy's. Well, the Wendy's, uh, also in the list, the COVID air, people are quitting their jobs. So, the Wendy's that was on the London Boulevard was closed at 9 o'clock. It was 9 o'clock when we arrived. Then we went to, uh... The Burger King was closed across the street, so we had to go to McDonald's drive-through. Which, again, we didn't want to do that, but we were glad to sit there, sit, uh, sit in the seats. They were pretty much chilled with it, and I guess, I guess they were prepared to get race day traffic. Uh, another time, I think it was the Pocono. I'll tell you this: there's another time I had a Pocono doubleheader. Uh, it was actually a Sunday. I had another issue with the fast food restaurants at McDonald's. In Pennsylvania, I think you're not allowed to go inside, which is pretty damn sad. And the funny thing, though, too, is that it was actually 9 o'clock. It was actually the same time when we got out of New Hampshire. It was like, we were able to sit here at 9 o'clock and the, the, the people of Pennsylvania. So I'm going to assume that fast food restaurants, they only do drive through only. And I was like, oh, God, let me just put the freaking... And the drive through line was so packed. Like, literally, it was line getting into the parking lot. And it was drive through only. I hate. I I don't like drive through only. Um, I really wish that we got to go. We get to sit in the restaurant. So and I was mad. And then I mobile ordered McDonald's. And then I was like, we're gonna be sitting in line for an hour. Let's just forget about it. Are you hungry? And then we already ordered it. And I was like, I can't get in the restaurant. I'm like, I can't believe it. So I wasted twenty dollars that I'm not gonna get back because. That I was actually pissed off. <coughs> but 
pissed off about it. But I didn't go to the manager. I just drove into the nearest gas station, filled my car, and got home. And ate. And ate at home. And actually had a had a snack at home. Uh, because the, the actually, and the drive was not that bad either. Not that bad either. And then, of course, if you're going to a doubleheader weekend like I do, you always got to go to breakfast. We went to the Waffle House, which was pretty dang good. And then we went to the track early because we left the hotel early to get to the track. And, of course, the drive home is really easily easy as well. If you're driving straight to your hotel room, it wouldn't be that bad. And, of course, if you're driving straight to home, make sure you keep it on tolls. Don't drink and drive. You know the deal. And that's that. The race day experiences usually you're done with the race day experiences, and then you also have the option to renew your tickets for next year for the promotional stuff there as well. And that's it. That's the race day experience. That is basically my race day experience. This is what I go through every single year. Um Oh, I forgot to mention this another two. You also don't expect to see you also expect to see upset winners. We saw Brian Vickers won New Hampshire as well. I think I forgot to mention that too. Uh, because that was one of the... I think that is also on the list of my top 10 races that I've been to. Because that was unexpected. He was never going to... I don't think no one expected him to win. And he did. And Eric Abrol too. This year's race at New Hampshire vs. Speedway. Eric Abrol, I didn't expect Eric Abrol to win New Hampshire vs. Speedway. And with the playoff format, he's in the playoffs. He was 223 points out of the cut line. He had a win to get in. So there you go. That's why the playoff format is pretty dang good. So, again, a lot of races to remember. I, there was a lot, like I said, I've been doing this for 14 consecutive years. I think 13 consecutive years. I've been to, no, 14. It's 14, 14 consecutive years that I've been to a NASCAR race. Uh, But, again, you know, that is also the experiences. Of course, my bucket list, obviously, is go to either Daytona or Talladega, you know, or go to another racetrack that's besides that. Maybe Dover. Um, I'm definitely probably planning on going to Auto Club. And then, of course, like I said, any outsider, any outsiders, yeah, I'm, I might be going to the Formula One race in Miami. Um, Miami. Uh, I think if the prices look pretty good, then, yeah, I will probably go there too but uh yeah that is how the race day experience goes obviously you take the leftovers at all that and you're basically out of here so that is what i had to go through each and every race each and every race this is the preparation that we do this is what we do every single time and i'm glad that i get to share my experience of race day to you giving you the tips and tricks to always so that when you are if you do want to go to NASCAR race you have all of the all of the tips tricks and my experience from you from me in between but that is going to do it today thank you so much for listening to this pilot episode of my slap dad roof podcast and again once again if you are new here th- and even made it to the end of the thing i thank you so much for listening to it it's really a bit an honor please make sure you hit the follow button and please share this podcast with your buddies and friends 
friends and people, uh, good people around you, uh, and, and make sure you follow the podcast as well. And also, like I said, follow my Twitch Follow my Twitch at twitch.tv slash evix24 and make sure you join the Discord so you let you know what it is. Follow my social media platform and also go ahead and follow my social media platforms at evix24 and Twitter and Instagram at evix24. Thank you guys so much for listening to the inaugural podcast of the Slap Dad Roof Show. And I will see you in, well, not really, but I will see you guys in the next And I'll see you guys later. Goodbye.